What's up, peeps? We're back. As always, I'm your host, Lee Benson. Thank you so much for joining us for our podcast edition of the AEW Insider. We got a great episode, as always, and some of the topics we're going to cover are such as who Brock Lesnar wanted to fight while he was still under contract with the WWE. Fans give their input on the mystery female SmackDown superstar that they've been advertising. Miro talks Tony Khan and WWE. We have an update on Sonya Deville's weirdo stalker. Tessa Blanchard did make her wrestling in-ring return and so much more. Remember, if you do want to win a WWE Elite Fiend action figure, you got to stick around to the end of the episode to find out how. So let's start off with AEW. Miro did a video on YouTube and talked about Tony Khan and WWE. He said, I'm thankful to Tony Khan. I'm thankful we got in contact. He's such a good dude. He's such a great owner. He's very open to talk to with creative ideas. And he's around everybody. He's not hiding. There's none of that. His energy is great. and He just wants the best, man. And that's all it is. We all have the same agenda. We all want AEW to succeed. We are promoting ourselves, of course. But we are all in agreement that AEW can do great things. I mean, we already do great things. Destroying NXT and all that. Miro also revealed why he wore what he did on his AEW debut. He said, The outfit was a trip because I was in L.A. In L.A., I have no super nice clothes. It is what it is. But I wanted to get new clothes. So I went to one of those designer stores because I wanted to spoil myself. A little congratulations for myself on the debut. And I wanted to look good on camera. I looked through all the designer stores, but I guess they only carry sizes for Schmedian people. I guess bigger, jacker, and taller people don't wear designer clothes in their minds. And he meant jack, but he said jacker. He said, so there's nothing I could do. So what do I do? I find two my size, one pants, one shirt, but they're all in Miami, Florida, and I'm in Los Angeles. Again, it was two days until the debut. I put everything off, and maybe that was the wrong thing to do. You think, Miro? Steve Carey of Ringside News also asked Miro if he will have new ring gear in AEW, which he replied, you got to see. I think I took some pictures. You will see the gear. It was the gear I wanted to wear when I first started. On Jericho's show, Saturday Night Live, well, Saturday Night Special, uh, excuse me, he did it live last night on YouTube, a fan asked him if he still talked to anybody in WWE. Le Champion said, I haven't been speaking to a lot of people, but not for any other reason than the fact that we're all busy doing our own things, going in our own directions. I still talk to Kevin Owens, Drake Maverick, and Samoa Joe. I speak to Edge once in a while, and I also text Seth Rollins once in a while. I also talk to Vince McMahon from time to time. But I do talk to but do I talk to WWE guys on a daily basis? Definitely not. We're all busy people on different planes, flying to different parts of the world. I still have much respect and love for them all there, of course. And I think him admitting that still talking to Vince McMahon once in a while is definitely a super cool peek behind the world of wrestling. Excuse me, the world of wrestling's curtain. Now on Twitter, a fan asked Matt Cardona if he would wrestle in New Japan Pro Wrestling, which Cardona replied, 100%. 
For myself personally, I cannot wait for the corona to lighten up so AEW stars can appear on New Japan's tournaments and pay-per-views because it's always a good time. And finally for AEW, Brandy Rhodes teased a really, really big superstar as her guest for her show, A Shot of Brandy. It's a show she does on YouTube once in a while, and she sits there and makes a meal and makes a special drink, and she always has a big wrestling star on there. So I have a feeling it's going to be Miro, a.k.a. Rusev, this week. It is supposed to premiere today, Sunday, on YouTube, but it hasn't at the time of this recording. All right, peace. we got to pay the bills real quick. When I get back, i got some WWE news and a random wrestling story about Tessa Blanchard's in-ring return last night. Make sure you tune back in. All right, peeps, we're back. Remember to show us some love on all major podcasting platforms, also on Facebook and YouTube under the AEW Insider, and on Twitter under the AEW Insider 1, as in the number one. Let's get the WWE. Web is Jericho reports that even though Brock Lesnar is no longer with WWE, it turns out that when he was in the promotion, he did want to work with none other than R-Truth. R-Truth revealed this in a recent interview with TalkSport. It all stemmed from the memorable segment back in January, when as a rib on Lesnar, WWE sent R-Truth out to interrupt the Heyman-Lesnar promo to see if Truth can make Lesnar laugh. While Heyman was in on it, Lesnar had no idea. And Truth did succeed in getting Lesnar to break character. You can relive the segment online. R-Truth stated that the segment was one of his career highlights, and Lesnar approached him afterwards saying he wanted to work in the future with him. The magic just went on, man. It kept going on. And after the segment was over, we were in the back, and Brock was still laughing. He said, bro, we got to do something together. There's something there. I don't know what it is, but there's something there. And we left it at that. I know that there's something we can always, that it is something we can always go back to and pick up. But it's just one of the highest moments in my career right there. Perhaps when WWE uh, does, excuse me, is back in full swing and Brock Lesnar does return, because you know Brock Lesnar is at least going to return by Royal Rumble for WrestleMania, that paycheck, if not sooner, they actually can include an R-Truth feud in his negotiations. And that would be really good. Now, SmackDown has been showing promos for a mysterious, very sexy sexy woman coming at WWE. There's also rumors online that Summer Rae is returning. Until I heard those rumors, I was hoping it would maybe be Eva Marie. But after I read it, I feel that it is Summer Rae with the new gimmick. In a recent tweet, she tweeted, On days like this, I really miss laying the smack dot 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 down. So I think the mystery woman is definitely her, and I hope, still pray and hope for my baby Eva Marie's turn sometime in the future. Now, Simone, jo- excuse me, Simone Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock's daughter, wrestling career unfortunately could be over before she even got the hit TV. She posted this on Twitter yesterday. So tomorrow I'm having a knee surgery for the third time. As not fun as surgery is, I'm looking forward to keep my knees, uh, excuse me, I'm looking forward to my knees not popping out on me anymore. She said, please send me video game suggestions, movie suggestions, preferably scary, or anything else to help pass the time. 
And like she said, this is her third knee surgery at a very young age. So us here, we wish her the best in a speedy, speedy recovery. She can legit be the next Charlotte Flair in WWE just because she is the Rock's daughter. So let's hope this doesn't fuck her up. But a third knee surgery at such, such a young age, it doesn't look that great. AJ Styles was back on his Twitch stream recently, and he talked about a wide range of topics. During the stream, he discussed his relationship with AEW star Kenny Omega because they used to work in New Japan together. This is what Styles had to say. I love the guy. He's always been great to me. He's an awesome dude. He's always been a nice guy, and we have a lot in common with video game stuff. He used to have a stream where he just sat around and played games with a buddy. I forget the name of it, but it was really cool. I loved it. I like to do something like that. He also talked about being the leader of the Bullet Club. Styles said, every time we talk about Bullet Club, I have to say that I'm not the leader and I never was. Apparently, people don't want to hear that. Finn Balor was the guy that came up with the name for the group, so if there's a true leader, it has to be him. Not only did he come up with the name, he was the guy who was first in charge. Literally, we just swapped. His last night was my first night when I hit Okada in the back. We talked about this. The Bullet Club guys and I, and I told them we didn't need to have a leader. We could just do our own thing and everyone else follows. I didn't want it to be like that. I'm the guy. I'm the leader. I didn't want to do that. But I think that's why we had so much fun because everyone was so important. Everyone had their place and we had a lot of fun doing it. All right, Pete, we're going to take a break real quick. I'll be right back. All right, Pete's welcome back. Remember to stick around to the end of the episode to find out how you can win a WWE Elite Fiend action figure. Back to WWE. Well, we do have an update on Sonya Deville's weirdo stalker. Philip Thomas II faces three felony charges in his trial. He's being charged with aggravated stalking, which is a third-degree felony, armed burglary of a dwelling, which is a felony punishable by life in prison, armed kidnapping ransom or reward hostage, which is a felony with a possible life sentence, a.k.a. this guy is fucked. And he also has a criminal mischief, less than $200, which is a second-degree misdemeanor. According to Heal by Nature, Thomas has pleaded not guilty on all charges through his public defender. His public defender submitted the plea to a court on September 3rd. This filing was made prior to Thomas's arraignment, which was scheduled for September the 9th. Thomas has a virtual disposition hearing scheduled for October the 12th. He will remain incarcerated until that time comes. Sonia Deville was also granted a request to seal the case's records as she received additional death threats after her stalker's arrest. She was granted an injunction on Phyllis Thomas II as well. Now, that's fucking scary. That dude is screwed. And even though you're always supposed to plead not guilty, he's on fucking video. They got all the messages he was sending her leading up to it. And they have the video of him going into her house, her checking her door and running and him coming in a second, uh, what you call, a couple seconds later. I posted it. It's all over. So that dude is fucked, man. It's not going to look good that he's trying to plead not guilty when he's guilty as sin. Now, on to our random wrestling and sporting news story. Tessa Blanchett made her in-ring return this weekend. Ringside News reports that Tessa Blanchett hadn't publicly wrestled since she decided to stay in Mexico 
due to the pandemic. She returned to Warrior Wrestling event last night, and she defended the promotion's women's title against AEW's, excuse me, not AEW's, former AEW's Impact star, Kylie Ray. Blanchard dropped the title to Kylie in the end. After the match, Blanchard and Kylie hugged before Kylie Ray celebrated. It's unclear what Tessa Blanchard's future holds. When she was released from Impact Wrestling, WWE reportedly sent out feelers to gauge her interest. That is the last we heard about that particular story for now. That could be there could be more to come. AEW might also have an interest in Tessa Blanchard. She did appear at All In, but she signed with Impact Wrestling prior to AEW becoming a reality. Now her options seem to be open once again. In my opinion, Kylie Ray has been killing it after what you call returning to wrestling after leaving AEW. And we still do not know exactly why she did ask for her release from AEW. I think because Nyla Jax was in the women's division, to be honest. She didn't want to do, compete with a man, you know what I mean? But AEW keeps the wraps on things that didn't come out, so who fucking knows? Tessa Blanchard, my opinion personally, I wouldn't give her a fucking job anywhere. She's been called out for being a racist by numerous people. She's always had a bad attitude. And the first time WWE wanted to hire her after the Mae Young Classic, it didn't happen due to her attitude. So backstage, she's supposedly a bitch to work with. Even though she is an amazing wrestler, an amazing athlete, and can do a lot of shit even beating men, I wouldn't give her a fucking job. All right, peace. Well, that's it for this episode. Remember, if you do want to win a WWE Elite Fiend action figure, you could do it one of two ways. You could either go to Facebook, look our group up. It's called the AEW Insider, and join our group. Very simple, and boom, that'll take you in the running. Besides that, you can go on YouTube. Once again, we're under the AEW Insider. You have to be a subscriber, so if you're not, do that first and foremost. Besides subscribing to our YouTube, you have to pick any video out of the many that are there and like, share, and comment. So subscribe, like, share, and comment on our YouTube, and boom, you're in the running. Right now on YouTube, we're at 225 subscribers. Once we hit 300, I will be doing another drawing for the Fiend giveaway. So please go to YouTube under the AEW Insider and share the fuck out of any videos you like so we can get our subs up. Because that'll give me more time to bring you more shows, and it works out for everybody. I can go on more trips once it opens up, record it, blah, 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 all that. It's good to go. So join our Facebook or go to our YouTube, do those things, and you can win a Fiend action figure as soon as we hit 300 subs. Remember to show us some love on all major podcasting platforms, also on Facebook and YouTube under the AEW Insider, and on Twitter under the AEW Insider 1, as in the number one. As always, I'm your host, Lee Benson. Thank you so much for joining us for this edition of the AEW Insider. Ciao, peeps.